the Bible, haven't you ever wondered why the word of God says the following? It actually says, you are a chosen race. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people of his own possession to exclaim and proclaim the excellencies of him who transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, into his marvelous light. Amen. You were not a people, but now you are God's people. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's people. Turn to your other neighbor and say, my number plate is actually written GP. <laughs> you are God's people. That's what you are. You are God's people. You had no mercy, but now you have received mercy. You have received mercy. And the reason why you are a royal priesthood is because Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, in whom you are in, is a king. And therefore, if you are in him, you are royalty. We understand that. Jesus Christ is the great high priest. And because you are in Jesus Christ, you are a priest. We understand that. Okay, so when, when the writer of Hebrews get to, gets to uh, Hebrews 8 verse 1 and says, now the point to this, that what we are saying is this. He comes to an, inter, in, an intersection where he has been talking about a certain individual in Hebrews 7. And this individual is very, very important. He only appears once in the Old Testament, in, the, in Genesis, and no more. He appears no more. Only appears once and appears never again. He's only spoken about uh, in the Old Testament once and never spoken about. But he is very, very important. So, when G so Paul begins to, sorry, the writer of Hebrews begins to talk about this individual in Hebrews 5. And he begins to talk about the individual. And when he gets to a point when he started to talk about the individual, he says, hold on. I can't continue talking about this individual because what I'm about to talk about is something called solid food in, Christian, in Christianity. It is solid food. It's not milk. What I'm about to tell you is not just milk. It is something that's very fundamental as a believer. It points to who Christ is right now in heaven. And this individual that the writer of Hebrews is talking about in Hebrews 7 is a name, man named Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek, first in translation, his name means king of righteousness. You and I are righteous because we are in Christ. We are righteous because we are in Christ. Melchizedek was a king of Salem, king of peace. We have peace with God because we are in Christ. Romans 5 verse 1 says the following. It says, since we therefore we have received, since therefore we, we, we are justified by faith, we have received peace with God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So you and I have peace with God because we are in Christ Jesus, the King of peace. 
This Melchizedek was a high priest unto the Most High God. Furthermore, his priesthood is forever. Just like the ant, the ant that disembarked from the elephant, on this point, on this elephant in the room, Melchizedek, I'll say on that point, boy or oh boy, that is very key. That Jesus' priesthood is forever. It is very, very key to how you relate with God. And the reason why it is key is because the high priest was a very important individual in the, in, in the, in, in the, in the nation of Israel. Very, very important. The high priest represented or presented the people, of, the people to God. Whereas the prophet, what he did was to present or represent God to the people. So the high priest brought the people to God. Whereas the prophet brought God to the people. We get that. So in Hebrews 5 verse 1, the word of God says the following. Hebrews 5 verse 1. For every high priest chosen among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. Every high priest is chosen, chosen among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. And so the high priest was very, very important. In other words, the high priest determined the wealth, the health, and the welfare of the nation. A bad high priest meant God would judge the nation. The nation could be bad. Okay? The nation could be terrible. But a bad high priest, when he goes before God, he judges the whole nation because of that high priest. Are we getting that? That's why God did not put leprosy on Aaron. When Aaron challenged Miriam, uh, Aaron and Miriam challenged Moses about his interracial uh, relationship, God put leprosy on Miriam and not Aaron. And it's not because God is not for the Me Too movement. Okay? He's, he's an anti-feminist. He hates women. No, no, no. There's a deeper meaning why, why God did not put leprosy on Aaron. The reason why God didn't do that is because a curse on Aaron would be a curse on the whole nation of Israel. Aaron would go before God into the Holy of Holies. And if God would see that leprosy on Aaron, he would then judge the whole nation. That's why when the, the high priest went into the most holy place, the whole nation would, would hold its breath. Wondering, is this guy going to come out of that place? If he doesn't come out and he's dead, we are dead. But if he comes out, that means God is pleased with him. So, an unaccepted high priest spelt trouble for the whole nation of Israel. Are we together? But on this side of the cross, we have Jesus Christ seated at the right hand of God the Father. Whom God himself has said, Behold my beloved son, 
whom I am well pleased with. Guess where you are? You are in the home. And he's pleased with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am in whom. That's where you are. You are in whom. That's not proper English, I know, Amanda. But that's, that, that, that makes sense. I am in whom. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I am in whom. Amen. That's where I am. And guess what? You are in a high priest who is a high priest forever in the presence of God. Meaning God is forever pleased with you. Amen. Amen. That's, that's your position right now. Because you are in that high priest, God is pleased with you. Jesus' priesthood was not based on the legal requirements of the law. If you know anything about the law, you will understand that the law stipulated that the high priest or the priest had to come from a certain tribe. They had to come from the tribe of Levi. Last name, Strauss. <laughs> nice one, Leon. <laughs> some, some people will catch that uh, next year. <laughs> Amen. They had to come from the tribe of Levi. And how many people know which tribe Jesus came from? What does, it was Judah. So Jesus' tribe was from, from the tribe of Judah. And if we are basing it on the law, Jesus' priesthood would be illegal according to the law. So his priesthood had to come from another priesthood. And his priesthood came from an oath, which we find in Psalms 110 verse 4. This, it says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever. So Jesus' priesthood is based on this order of Mel. By this time, at this point of the preach, I think we can be on nickname basis. We can call him Mel by this time. <laughs> Amen. You are on a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And as much as he is of the priesthood of the order of Melchizedek, we can still look at the Levitical priesthood because it, 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 it points to Jesus Christ. The Levitical priesthood was a shadow, a reflection, a mirage of who Christ truly is. It just reflected. In our day and age, we would say the Levitical priesthood was the Xinjiang and Jesus' priesthood is the OG. Amen. So, when we look at the Levitical priesthood, we are seeing, we are seeing partial glimpses of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 8 verse 5, the word of God says the following. It says, for when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you. So everything that Moses made, the high priest's garment was according to a pattern that he saw in heaven. Everything that Moses did in terms of the, the tent meeting was in accordance with the 
what he saw and what God instructed him to, to do. Amen. So in that knowledge, we will go back to Exodus, where we spent some time for a couple of months ago uh, preaching on. We'll go back to Exodus, Exodus 28. But before we go back to Exodus 28, Exodus 28 is quite a tiresome uh, read. It's confusing it, and it can be... It can, it can just confuse us and take a whole lot, a lot of our time. But in Exodus 28, there is an illustration, a visual illustration that will come up of the high priest's uh, garments. The first visual element, um, the, what you see there is what the high priest actually, the Levitical high priest looked like. And uh, the Levitical high priest... Um, the, the garment were, were, there were seven pieces of that garment that made up the, the high priest garment. Seven pieces, okay? The number seven is the number of completion. And in those, those garments, there were five materials or five elements that were used. Five main elements that were used. Five is the number of grace. Amen. And so, in, that five, in those five elements, there was gold that was used, predominantly used. And the thing about gold is that it maintains its value. It doesn't change, really. In our system, it doesn't change its value. What you bought in 1950 is possibly the same as what it costs right now, in 2023. Therefore, gold is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hold on. Is there a scripture like that? It talks about Jesus. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The color purple was to be used in the garment. Or gement. It had to be used. In John, in John 19 verse 2, they... The, the soldiers came and put a crown of thorns on Jesus' uh, Jesus head and they hit it into his brow, into his skull. And that's so significant. Because the first Adam, God never really cursed, read the Bible, never cursed Adam. But he cursed the earth. And says, say, out of the brow and the, the, the sweat out of the, your toil, it, the land shall produce thorns and thistles. Amen. And so God comes to the last Adam, and he, out of his brow, out of his sweat, he plucks and pushes a crown of thorns into him. And the soldiers afterwards, they put a garment of purple around him. And they say, Hail, King of the Jews. In this whole garment, there was a very important piece of the whole garment, which only the high priest wore. 
And this garment was, and this piece of the garment was uh, the breast piece of judgment. It was the breast piece of judgment which was on the chest. And on this breast piece of judgment, there was, there were two shoulder straps on them. Two shoulder straps that, that had two onyx stones. One on the right and one on the left. With all the names of Israel, six names of Israel on the left, six names of Israel on the right, engraved upon. Significant, engraved. Not written with a mighty marker. Not written with a pencil. Not written with a pen. But engraved. Meaning that your name is permanent in Jesus Christ. It's, you, are, you are not going anywhere. You are permanent on his shoulders. These onyx stones were on his shoulders, a place of strength. The Bible says that the shepherd will leave the 99 and go for the one sheep. And when he finds the one sheep, he will take the sheep and put it on his shoulders. To us is born a child. To us is given a son, and his government shall be on his shoulders. And so we see the governance of Jesus Christ over our lives. In Exodus 28 verse 12, the word of God says the following. Exodus 28 verse 12. It says, and you shall set the two stones on the shoulder on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for remembrance. When God looks at his son, he sees your name engraved on him. He sees you. No wonder the word of God says, I am mindful of you. Because you're constantly in his presence. I like putting it this way. God's mind is full of you. He sees you. He's const you're constantly in the presence of God. He constantly sees you on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. We come to the breast piece of judgment. The breast piece of judgment was the weightiest part of the whole garment. It was the priciest part of the whole garment. Which speaks of you were worth it. The weight of going to the cross was worth it. The price I paid for you was worth it. You are worth it. That's what God is saying to you. You are worth everything I did on the cross. Those stones all were different. There was no stone that was the same. Speaking of the individuality that we see in the church, everyone coming with their individual giftings and graces in the church. They were all the names of Israel were engraved there, right there. They were engraved on, on the breastpiece, on each stone. And now, 
The amazing thing about these stones is that all these stones were reflective stones. If light had to hit those stones, they would reflect that light in their own unique ways. Which means that you and I reflect Jesus Christ in our own unique way and we present God in our own unique way. Now, when we gather together and light hits all those stones, there's such a tapestry of light and different colors that we see representing the church. Even the northern star, the northern lights would not come close to what the church, the lights and the beauty that the church presents. The breastpiece was on his chest, right on his chest, close to his heart, which represents the very thing that's very dear to, to, the, to our high priest. You are very, very dear to him. And imagine when God looks at him, he sees the very thing that's on Christ's heart which is you and I. When he turns and looks at his son, all he sees is what's so dear to him, which is his bride, the church. That's what God sees. And you are very, very dear to him. In Exodus 28, verse 12, uh, 20, 29. So Aaron shall bear, so Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment on his heart. When he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. Unlike Aaron, who went into the holy of holies once a year, our high priest, remember I said that was very key, our high priest is a priest forever in the presence of God. Amen. He is constantly in the presence of God, not like Aaron. And you, he is carrying you on his shoulders and carrying you in his heart before God constantly. So what does this mean in, when, when I relate with God? It means that I cannot come to God in my own accolades. Somebody keeps sending me once, I'm sorry. I cannot come to you, to God, in my own accolades. I cannot come to God with my own achievements. I cannot come to God with my own performance. I cannot come to God through my own works. I cannot come to God through my own flesh. I can only come to God through my, whole, my, my high priest. That's the only way I can come to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through Him. That is the only way I can come to Him. I cannot first go, go and get perfect before God to come to Him. All I do is I just go through Jesus Christ who has perfected me and, God, and, and I am accepted to God because of what Jesus has done for me. The one thing that the high priest would constantly do, he would come, people would bring their their sacrifices and, 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 and whatever. And then he would bring a dove and slaughter the dove or whatever. And you would prepare and present 
the sacrifice and the gifts that he would be brought by the by Israel. So he would take the dove and then he would sacrifice it. And then he would pluck out all the feathers. All the feathers he would pluck them out. He would take that dove and go to the other side to the altar and place it on the altar. And it would burn and be a sweet scent, a fragrance to God, which God would accept. What does that mean for you and I? It means when I come to Jesus Christ, with all my imperfections, with all the feathers on, on my gift, when I come to Jesus Christ, when I come to God, and I raise my hands, and as I'm praising God, all sin is running through my head, but still I'm praising God. When I come to God and I give my, my offering, my gift, and it's not, to be honest, it's not really adequate. I know if, 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 if God had to do what he did to Ananias and Sapphira, I guess the church would be very empty right now. I bring my gift to God. I come to God and I, I serve him with all my imperfections. Guess what? Jesus Christ takes that. And guess what? He doesn't go to the other side of the altar. He sits, he's seated. And as he's seated, he takes all that is artificial. He takes all that is imperfect. He takes all that is superficial. He takes all that is not necessary. He takes it all off. And he presents it to his father. And the father receives it and says, Wow, who is this from? And Jesus looks at the father and says, It's from Lindy, your daughter. It's from Sydney, your son. It's from Paul. It's from Roy. It's from Amanda. It's from your children. And the father takes it and says, Angels, go give them the answer. That is what is called intercession that Jesus Christ is doing. Jesus is not interceding by going to the Father and saying, Lord, forgive them, they've sinned again. His intercession is Him constantly seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's why the Word of God says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. Mercy you ask for. Grace is given. We can come boldly because of that. And the reason why we can come boldly Hebrews 4, verse 14. We have a great high priest. 
I hope what, what I have uh, uh, spoken about will help you, will greatly help you in your walk as a believer. In your prayer life, it will help you. In your praise life, it should help you. When you realize that only Jesus Christ is my high priest and I can only go to the Father through Him. Amen. And so, um, I, um, I, 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 uh, at this moment, I would just like to, to uh, just... Um, pray for you as um, as uh, as i release you um heavenly father we give you thanks and praise i thank you your your word has re has um has fallen on good ground father god and people and people father god now realize who you are and the importance of why you are seated at the right hand of god the father so father i pray in your glorious name that as we go into this week as we go into our daily routines of life father god i pray in your glorious name that lord jesus we go in in victory oh father god that lord god as you have promised you cause us and you you cause us to triumph always to have victory always so in the name of jesus christ i thank you that we are blessed i thank in your glorious name father god that wherever we go in this week father god your your presence goes with us because you are in us and we are in you in the name of jesus christ i give you thanks and praise amen and amen